Welcome to the Restaurant Rundown, the podcast where we dish on all things restaurants. Whether you're a foodie, a restaurant owner, or just curious about the inner workings of the industry, we've got you covered. With your host, Michael Klassen, we will be talking to experts, chefs, and restaurant owners about their experiences in the industry, sharing tips and tricks for success, and exploring the latest trends and innovations. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dig into the delicious world of restaurants with the Restaurant Rundown, from kitchen to boardroom. Awesome. So I got Rick Hogan here. Now, Rick is... uh... He's kind of like a father to me as far as he's been in my life for a long time. But uh, really, we give him a hard enough time that I'd say maybe grandfather. <laughs> just kidding, Rick. Rick just celebrated 19 years with uh, Joey's Franchise Group. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously, you know, 19 years with Joey's, there was some time spent in the industry before that. So why don't you start from the beginning, get into your story a little bit. You know, where did you start in restaurants or nightclubs and uh and then how did you end up with uh, with the Joey's group? Okay, uh, once again, I mean, I started off when I was about 13, washing dishes like everybody else does in this industry. My dad had worked at the, the Holiday Inn downtown here in Calgary. So I kind of <clears throat> followed along with him, worked on all the different departments. Uh, actually, I ended up actually leaving there when I was about 24 as assistant general manager. And I got in with with different another different hotel group, and I ended up uh, opening up a nightclub there. So I got into the nightclub business. What was that? What was the nightclub? That was here in Calgary. That was Jimmy Dean's. I opened oh, up Jimmy. Jimmy Dean's right back in '89, and then I worked for um, a pizza company in Calgary. Here, I was an area manager, looked after about 14 restaurants and stuff, and then I heard about uh, Joey's. And I sat down with uh, the president at the time. And what really sold me on the whole company itself was just the passion that Joe Clausen brings to the business. That, that's, that sold me on it. Now, like you said, I've been with Joey's about 19 years. And if you look at our operation from, from an office perspective, we've got a relatively low number of people who work in the office but the thing that's impressive is the amount of years that people have spent in our office um, i'm 19 years there's been we've got people in our office been there 24 25 26 years and it basically falls under one roof all the time and that's the passion that comes from from joe and i've heard that since day one i still hear it today and that's one of the things that gets me up in the morning. Um, I mean, one of the things that's exciting about where we are now is just the growth of the new brands, you know, mm-hmm. with streets, with fish acts, with the duels, uh, the possibility of going down to the States. I mean, it's just opening up a completely new game for all of us here. And it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to be part of this right now. That's cool. And I mean, obviously, over 19 years, you've seen kind of Joey's as far as cyclical. You've seen Joey's kind of Joey's seafood at its peak. And then um, ultimately, unfortunately, things started slowing down a little bit in the, you know, in the late 2010s. Um, But you, you kind of saw it at its height as well. So what are some things that you've seen 
over the years of the evolution of not only our brand, but the technologies that, that came with it. Yeah, it's like you were saying that, you know, when I, when I started, we were opening up restaurants all over the country. And we were very, very busy. And then we hit a, a period there where there was kind of slow growth. Um, but, I mean, even going back to years when, let's talk about training, something as simple as training. I remember the old days, keep going back to the old days. But, you know, when you when you hired somebody, you basically gave them an outline. This is what your job is. They may have shadowed somebody for a day or two. But, I mean, you look at today what's happening. I mean, we've we've got training videos that people can actually walk watch on their phone. It doesn't really matter what language that you speak these days. You can just turn the volume down and you can actually see exactly what it is that you're being trained on. Um you know, going back uh, to when we had the old Casio systems where you had to write your bills by hand, hand them in. Now everything is touchscreen. And, I mean, uh, it's just evolutionary the way it's going right now. And it's it's so exciting that we've got a team in place operations. I include yourself, Michael Wellen, who are on top of all the new technologies that are going today. It's scary to think where we're going to be in five years. I'm still trying to catch up where we are now. <laughs> Rick's still got his iPhone 7. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's interesting. So you're talking about technology, the difference between Casio system and obviously the new, yeah. you know, touchscreen POS systems we have that pretty much do everything. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's writing checks anymore. Nope. Payments instant, straight to your bank account. Yeah. So would you say most of these advancements um, have made – lives easier as far as from the franchise partner's perspective, the the owner of the business. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, like I say, with, with the new technologies that we're working at now, you're going to be able to get your food cost, your labor cost online through your POS system. Yeah. I mean, that's going to save a tremendous amount of time. And probably more importantly is that the staff that we're hiring today in our restaurants are far more, technologically savvy than we were i mean they you take kids today their work ethic may not be as strong but they're more intelligent i mean i've got four kids they can down download ten thousand songs on their phone (laughs) we couldn't do that so i think in order to keep up with today's workforce you have to be more technologically savvy Mm mm-hmm so not necessarily, I mean, you said more more intelligent or are they just more dependent on technology and they just know a bit more how to lean on that. Because I would say people today are probably worse off as far as the intelligence factor, but we just became more dependent with our mm. smartphones and stuff. So what may sound very complicated for you as far as downloading 10,000 songs is actually probably very easy for this person. It doesn't make them necessarily more intelligent, just, again, like you said, more technologically savvy. But yeah. ultimately, these are the kids that we're getting to come Agreed. work in our stores. Yeah. Um, so it's good to have those them as assets to our team, right? Well, I think the, the, the people that we're hiring or our franchise partners are hiring are expecting these. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they know when they come to, to a restaurant chain that they're not going to be writing out a hand, a hand bill to hand into a cook. Yeah. So, I mean, in order for us to stay relevant in today's fast moving restaurant industry, 
we have to keep up with the latest technologies. Yeah. And ease of operations, yeah. right? So, yeah. you know, as labor costs continue to go up, it's just how do we save that labor? So you said, you know, they used to write the bills on the on the checks. Yeah. Now somebody can literally go to the table and punch it into the kitchen right from there. So I just in turn saved myself probably two and a half minutes from me actually having to go put it on the spike, then put it up on the rail, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of these technological advance- advancements, especially in the restaurant industry, are labor saving. Would you agree? I agree, 100%. Yeah. And I think um, being part of a franchisor, as, as a franchisor, our potential franchise partners expect that from us. Mm-hmm. They're they're looking at us to see what the advancements in technology are, whether it's being able to cal- calculate food costs, labor costs, whether it's coming in with simplicity as far as ringing orders in. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, even even the system that we're on and the system that we're on currently, and the system that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the difference between having a download a labor uh, percentage report? And then on this new system, we can see everything live. Yeah. Live sales, live labor percentage, hopefully eventually live, um, uh, food costs as well. So even from the new to the really new stuff is changing at a rapid pace, just like with marketing, just like with everything else digital. I mean, AI is making an appearance, which is actually kind of scares the crap out of me a bit. I don't know how that <laughs> will play a part in, in the restaurant industry, but I mean, I'm sure it will because AI will eventually run everything i mean maybe it's maybe it's a self-serve kiosk but it actually interacts you interacts with you as a a real person i can see that being a thing within the next few years so now all of a sudden you don't even have to have a person at at the till Mm -hmm. but unfortunately in doing so you obviously lose kind of that customer um employee interaction right that that opportunity to make that person's day by greeting them saying Mm -hmm. goodbye you know, taking care of those little extra requests. And obviously you come from, from an era or a time where customer service was king. Word of mouth was king. There wasn't a million different ways to market things digitally and get in front of people. So exp- uh, elaborate on that a bit. How, how did you market the first few stores that you ran or the first few operations you ran? Well, I mean, even when I was running sport clubs or I was running nightclubs or, you know, we, we, we focused so much back then on word of mouth. Mm-hmm. People would come into your place and if they had a great experience, they would let other people know. But more importantly, if they didn't, they would also let people know. And then, you know, coupons and mail outs were a, a big thing back then. They're expensive. That was it. Nowadays, we look at that as, as dinosauric. Nowadays, I mean, if you're not digitally marketing your business, you're behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. And once again, I think our franchise partners in our communities expect that. Nowadays, our franchise partners, it's it's imperative that they get behind and get involved in their communities. You know, whether it's sponsoring a, a, a team, uh, getting involved with something as simple as sponsoring a golf hole, sponsoring schools. We have great, we have some some great franchise partners across the country who do a great job in in um, school lunch programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the things that are involving now, um, as as opposed to how they used to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the the fact that the point you just made is great is is people still expect to come in to our restaurants and expect the best service, the best quality food at, at all times. 
Because nowadays, if they don't like it, they can just go online and write a review. You know, and and people who aren't even in your restaurant are now reading these things about something they haven't had a chance to experience yet. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of changed the ball game big time these days. Yeah, you almost have to be on your on the ball at all times, yeah. right? Like, like you said, twenty, thirty years ago, if you had a bad experience, you know, you and your friends and maybe some of your extended family knew about it. Yeah. Now, all it takes is for me to write one one star review on Google, and that could be seen by hundreds of thousands of people, mm-hmm. and and ultimately, you know, sway their decision in eating there. Yeah. And we're all guilty of it. I know I am too. Whenever I'm looking at a new restaurant to eat out at or whatever, I do. Take in consideration what that Google score is. I will go to a 4.8 over a 4.4, even though that 4.4 is probably amazing. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it just goes to show how on ball, you know, not only us in our concept, but everyone who's competing in the restaurant industry has to be. Well, I mean, the rules have changed, say, in the last five years with the application of uh, home delivery that that never used to be a thing. Now it's it's. We're running 50, 55% of our businesses are running basically their sales growth is from online delivery. And it's the same thing like you just said. I mean, people now are looking online of where it is that they'd like to eat. But if they see a skip score, for example, of, of seven or 7.5, who's going to order from that? Yep. So, I mean, not only is it important to keep your in-house business running at top peak form, but it's the l- delivery aspect as well. And that aspect is only growing. It's not going to get smaller. It's here to stay. I mean, and we just, we actually just got numbers back, um, last week from Skip the Dishes, one of the biggest, uh, third party delivery services in Canada, um, which we have a huge presence on with all our brands, Joey's, Joey's Fish Shack Streets. And they put a trend line and they, they graphed every single one of our restaurants on this graph as far as what their average skip score was and what their average order volume was. And it is crazy the difference between having even a 7.5 or an 8, which I I don't know about you, but I would probably avoid that type of place. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we do have restaurants that are hovering around those 8s. So the difference between an 8 and holding a 9.5 and above is the difference between two to 4,000 orders a year. Now, two to 4,000 orders a year might not sound like a big number, but you times that out by our average guest check of $29 for streets or $39 for choice. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, and this is an ongoing battle with some of our franchise partners. So what's one way that you try coaching up franchise partners to tell them how important this is? Like, hey, this is a huge part of our business now. You need to be doing this. So what are some common mistakes we see in the field as far as you know, our, our franchise partners making mistakes so that skip score kind of drops a little bit. Well, one of the things that I take pride in is the fact that, that part of my job is building and developing relationships with our mm-hmm. franchise partners. Uh, I take a lot of pride in that. And one of the things that we, we teach them, as I like to say, when we go to their restaurants is, is like I say, it's not only the fact that walking through their day-to-day operations, how their in-house operations are going, but spending quality time with them and looking at areas of concern when it comes to something as as important as home delivery. Are you set up for success? Why are you getting these same errors? Why are things being forgotten? So something as, as simple as instilling a simple checklist, making sure that before that food goes to a driver, there are no errors. And if there are, 
then the franchise partner needs to follow up with that guest just to make sure that, you know, um, it won't happen again. And what do we need to do to make it right? Because every, every, you know, miss opportunity is in turn an even better opportunity to turn that right around, right? I know you can turn a one-star Google review or a, or a bad skip review into a great one if the owner or franchise operator or manager working that store is willing to kind of go above and beyond, which is very important, right? We talk about bad word of mouth yeah. spreading like wildfire. Unfortunately, good word of mouth doesn't usually spread at the same rate. So, but it's something that our franchise partners must do. So you said building relationships, continually coaching, you know, what are some challenges you've had? I mean, you've obviously had a multitude of, of franchise partners over the years, obviously different stores. I'm sure mm -hmm. you're one of the only guys within our system that has almost been into every single yeah. store. Um, but what are some challenges with, with getting along and building these relationships with franchise partners? Well, the franchise, our franchise uh, community has changed over the last five years. We've got a new influx of what I call new Canadians and it's getting them up to speed on how important it is that the quality of food, more importantly, the quality of service is maintained at the highest levels at all times. Um, we have restaurants, whether it's streets, whether it's fish shack, whether it's Joey's. Yes, we have some partners that are investors, but they need to understand that if they're not going to be in that location, then someone who can answer the bell at all times is there to make sure that it's performing at its highest level. I've always looked at when, when somebody um, complains or brings something to your attention, I've always looked at as an opportunity. And that's what I try and share with the franchise partners. That's another thing. We don't call them franchisees. They're franchise partners. Mm -hmm. We're in, as uh, invested in their business as they are. As they should be. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, when somebody, whether it's online, whether it's in-house, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a text or an email, if somebody is letting you know that for whatever reason, they're not happy with what they receive, they're letting you know, they're giving you an opportunity to correct it. I would much rather have that than someone just leave my business, never come back. I don't know really what the problem was and how many people are they telling about it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we really, really try and instill in the franchise community is the fact that when areas of concern come up, they need to be addressed. They need to be addressed immediately and professionally at mm -hmm. all times. So maybe give me a bit of an example. You know, I'm, I, I'm a guest at, at your store. You're the franchise owner. Um, and you know, my food comes out cold or the pieces of fish are way too small. These are some common things that we see within our own restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I kind of complained to the server, what would you do as an owner to kind of go and take care of that issue as, as me not having a satisfactory experience? Well, the thing, I think what, what a lot of the franchise partners and our successful ones do this all the time is they empower their staff to make correct decisions. First of all, no guest wants to be argued with. They want to be heard. If I'm bringing something to your attention, don't cut me off. I just want you to listen to me. A lot of people don't want something in return. They just want to let you know that we're, the experience that they had wasn't the best. Well, I like that because that's exactly how I feel when I've you know let somebody know about my over hard eggs when I wanted over easy eggs. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of times you're not looking for something for free. 
All you're looking for is to bring it to someone's attention. Yeah. And when you, you get into an argument or you try and belittle the customer, you're in an absolute no-win situation. You cannot win. There's no upside for you there. You've lost this customer, and there's a real good chance that they're going to end up telling other people about this. So one of the things that I spend time with with staff in our restaurants um, is the fact that going through that whole process, listen, listen first. And its body language has a lot to do with it as well, too. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, make an informed decision. But the bottom line is you want to fix and correct that, that, that concern, as I call it. Mm-hmm. You want that customer coming back. You want to let them know that you went out of your way. If something is, if, for example, if uh, your heart aches, and if you're going to replace that meal, I expect that meal replaced. But I mean, if you go above and beyond, or whether you, you, you gave a discount or something, that's, that's something I remember before I leave. And it, you don't have to be a franchise owner in order to make those informed decisions. But I mean, if you've got checks and balances in place, you don't have these issues, but they are going to come up. I like that, you know, not just replace the eggs as should have been expected the first time, yeah. but hey, maybe it's a little extra dessert. Maybe it's a, an extra discount. Maybe it's like, hey, one last sorry. Hope to see you back. Here's here's a 25% off me or here's a free mm-hmm. meal. Come back with your family anytime. So. And from a franchise partner's perspective, you're only out the food cost in that. But as far as a guest goes, it's one of the lasting impressions they have whether it's on the phone, whether it's online, whether it's in person, you have to be able to handle all these situations as they arise. And like I say, if the franchise partner's not there, then that information, what he expects from his staff needs to be passed down through his managers to the staff. No. So I can probably, uh, I could probably guess what your next answer is going to be to this question. Um, because we're kind of seem to be onto a common theme here, but what is the most important thing a restaurant owner can do to, to help market the, their, their own business, their own restaurant? Well, what I spend a lot of time talking to my franchise partners, our franchise partners about the fact that they need to invest, but they don't need to invest money. They need to invest time, time, investing time in their business is the best thing that they can do, which will pay off dividends in the end. Now, investing in the time is investing in your staff. Investing in the operations, making sure that your business is run sound, whether you're there or not. And if you look at the successful uh, franchise partners we've had over the years, that's what they've done. It's not a monetary investment. It's the time. Imagine that. You know, sometimes the best marketing is just making sure things are taken care of under your own roof. Mm -hmm. So then you are ultimately putting your best foot forward for each and every customer. Therefore, customers leave happy. Happy customers tell friends and family. They leave good reviews. And it's a snowball effect, right? And I know this is something that we talk to a lot of our franchise partners. And there's a lot of our franchise partners that, you know, really grasp at this and and have had great success right but then there's obviously some out there um that we struggle with a little bit so in your opinion what would be a a good way to to continue coaching and and help our franchise partners along this journey to put their best foot forward you know is you know I know you understand you go in for an inspections. Do you mm-hmm. just hammer them or do you, do you work with them? No, I mean, when I, when I walk into, uh, to do an, a restaurant inspection, it's a blank canvas. 
It doesn't matter what happened before I was there. As I walk into your location today, I'm looking at the the dining room through the eyes of a guest. From when I get out of my car to when I walk through your front door, your vestibule, I'm looking at your washrooms. I'm looking at at your setup in your dining room through the eyes of a guest. When I walk into your kitchen, I'm looking through it as the eyes of a health inspector. We want to make sure that everything is is safe. Temperatures are being controlled properly. There's no foodborne illness issues anywhere. But, I mean, that's only part and parcel is the inspection point. And it's just, an, it's me, I'm just another set of eyes. I haven't been to your restaurant in a few months. I'm seeing something that perhaps you're not seeing something on the same uh, the same page. Then we, we sit down with the franchise partners and we go over the uh, the most pertinent points. But, I mean, a lot of franchise partners have asked me, why is this one restaurant so successful and I'm struggling a bit. What is the one thing that they do that I'm not doing? And I said, nothing. They just do a hundred things, 1% better than you do. They invest a little bit more time. They've raised their standards. They ensure that quality of food, quality of service, cleanliness, sanitation are at the forefront at all times. And I always look at like a baseball analogy. I know not everybody understands baseball, but if you look at the winning teams, they always get on base and they advance runners. They don't always get up to the plate to try and hit a home run. Guys that hit home runs a lot strike out a lot. But the teams that can get base uh, uh, players on base, advance the runners, get them home, win games all the time. And it's just, I use that analogy on just making sure that the small things are looked after. If you look after this and this and this and this, you win in the end. I like that analogy, and that reminds me of that movie with Brad Pitt, I think, well, Moneyball. Yeah. And that's what he did. He didn't look for the big home home run hitters. He looked for the guys that got to base yeah. and ended up doing it a lot more cost-affordably and, than all the other teams, right? And, and, and they won a lot of games. Yeah. So not one big thing, 100 little things. But I learned that from Joe. And I mean, uh, a lot of the things that, uh, that's another thing. I mean, I, I have so much respect for him in so many ways, but uh, when I walk into somebody's restaurant, one of our restaurants, um, I always look at the fact because Joe's standards are so high that I, a lot of times I'll look in there in this situation and go, okay, what would Joe think? What would he do? And I think that's passed on to a lot of the people in the office today. But, I mean, our operations team, we talk a lot amongst ourselves uh, just to make sure that we're all on the same page as far as how do we treat our franchise partners? How do we – what's your ex- – your expectations of a franchise partner should be the same as mine. And anybody that's, that's looking for um, – to get into the franchise business, it's looking whether it's a streets, whether it's a fish shack. I mean, it's – it's, it's a very comforting fact for them to know that the team that we have in place that's ready and willing and able to work with them. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like you said before, they're not our franchisees. They're yeah. our franchise partners. Yeah. If they don't make money, we don't make Agreed. money. Yeah. They pay our salaries. And ultimately, you know, it's great if we open a bunch of restaurants. But if they're not the right person, that restaurant won't last. Agreed. 
And, you know, we would rather collect royalties in perpetuity over a 10-year relationship than, you know, just collect our fees up front and, you know, them fail to exist within six months. So, yeah, well, uh, from my perspective, there's nothing more <clears throat> gratifying than to see a franchise partner re-sign a 10-year franchise agreement. That means that that business model has worked. They're very happy and they want to re-sign again. And that's... You know, it's it's our job and operations to make sure that that happens. I mean, uh, sometimes we have to get down in the mud with them. Um, other times, I mean, we, we take baby steps with them, but the guidance is there for them. Yeah. Our successful franchise partners over the years, they follow our systems. They understand why they're in place. I mean, you know, when people are buying into a franchise, they're buying into a proven system, whether it's a Canadian tire whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a Dollarama, you're buying into something that someone else has proven works. Yeah, but even though it's been proven to work, you know, you have, for example, I always use an example as a Lego kit. You know, mm -hmm. here's the Lego, here's all the pieces. Sometimes they even come neatly in their own little pouches. Yeah. And here's the instructions. But you still need someone to put it all oh, yeah. together. And that's yeah. the franchise partner, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll create the Lego pieces mm -hmm. and we'll put together you know the instructions, the policies, the procedures. But ultimately, we need somebody with half a brain. I mean, obviously more than half a brain, but we need somebody to put it together, right? Yeah. So. But I mean, you you, know, you like to think that any potential franchise partner we have now or that's going to be coming on board eventually down the line has some entrepreneurial spirit to them. Mm -hmm. They want to be a business owner. Yeah. And. It's trying to in, help instill the passion that they have for this business down to their staff, which will ultimately go to the customer, yeah. and which is where we want it. Just going to wrap it up here in a few minutes, but I wanted to ask you one last question. I think it's one of the more important questions. How? What would you recommend or what is the best way to market your restaurant, a restaurant? Well, like I say, it's evolved over the years from, from just having word of mouth or sending out flyers or coupons or taking ads out in newspapers, which we used to do a lot. Nobody even reads a newspaper these days. But uh, to me, one of the best things that our franchise partners can do today is to focus on local star marketing. And that means being part of your community, letting people know that, for example, if I, if I take some, I'll take an example in Spruce Grove, Alberta. If I own a restaurant in Spruce Grove, Alberta, I need to let the people of Spruce Grove know that I'm part of the community, whether it's, it's, uh, getting involved with, with, like I say, school lunches, whether it's involved in, um, sponsoring teams, having different kind of nights, but letting people know that you're part of the community. That doesn't cost anything. That costs a little bit of time. And once again, all you're doing is investing time in your business. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the key. That is the one key. And if you look at our successful restaurants across the chain over the years, that's what they do. They make it a part of their business plan. They get involved in their community. Mm -hmm. Now, whether you're in Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Vancouver, whether it's bigger cities, your community where your restaurant is located is where you should be focusing uh, your marketing. Yeah, because just because you're part, you know, for example, where we're sitting right now, yeah. we are obviously downtown Calgary. Calgary's a pretty big community, yeah. 
now but obviously there's neighborhoods as part of that yeah. and there's neighborhood associations community centers teams and schools located within those neighborhoods yeah. so you don't have to look at the broad picture being calgary but let's narrow it down what are the 50,000 people living around my store mm-hmm. what do they want us to what do they want to see us do and et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, one of the things a franchise partner can do is actually talk to his customers when they come in, actually face-to-face, pull up a chair, sit down, introduce yourself as the owner. Find out what it is that the people in the community are looking for. They're, you know, That's part of your job as a business owner. You need to be doing that. And once again, I keep going back to the successful franchise partners that we have in our system over the years, but that's what they do. Mm-hmm. they'll pull up a chair, sit down. Great to see you again. Is this your first time here? Find out what their interests are, where you can market your business in here. And it didn't cost you any money. It just cost you a little bit of time. See, that's that's all great. But what would you recommend? Uh, what kind of advice would you give someone that maybe doesn't quite hold those personality traits? Somebody a little bit more introverted. How would you say they can kind of get around this, but to the same effect? You know, we've got some franchise partners that are new Canadians. Perhaps English isn't their first language, isn't their strongest language, but they, I've worked with them through some of their staff members Mm -hmm. who they have on staff. And I've taken some of those staff members under my wing. I've gone out into the community. I've done some local star marketing. I've brought our food out. It may not be the franchise partner, but it's still a representative of that restaurant. Um, some of our franchise partners may, and, and I'm, I'm as guilty as the next guy on this. I am not the most IT strong guy <laughs> in the world. And I, I get reminded of that every day, but you know what? There's a lot of staff that work in our restaurants that are utilize your staff, make them part of your success. Um, I've seen the look on people's eyes when you can sit down with a server or a cook and say, you know what? I want you to be part of the marketing team here. Help us develop our Facebook page or, or, uh, and, and they, they just take a sense of ownership in there. So the bottom line is, I guess what I'm saying, Mike, is there's no excuse. Okay. Don't use the fact that you're shy or that your English isn't great. Don't use that as an excuse because your competitors aren't. And, you know, there's communities built around, you know, people that speak the same language, yeah. first language as you as well, right? Yeah. Like those might be your target customers. But, you know, I, I think it's great that you're you're coaching these franchise partners to lean more on their on their staff um, to help with the marketing plans, to help with these initiatives. But how would you, how would you incentivize a staff member to do that? Cause ultimately, you know, they're probably still making close to minimum wage mm-hmm. or maybe just above it plus tips, right? So what kind of incentives would you recommend, uh, franchise owners throw in there for them to kind of help out on a bigger picture? Well, some of the, some of the things that I've presented to, to franchise partners and I can't spend their money. It's just recommendations on what I've done. If they're having, uh, for example, issues hiring staff. I mean, I, I, I've been all over the country with Joey's for the last 19 years. And I hear, I hear this a lot while in our area, it's different. It's, it's not whether you're in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, whether you're in North Bay, Ontario, whether you're in Brandon, Manitoba, the areas are all the same. So if you've got some good staff members, reach out to them. Do you know anybody 
that's looking for a job. Do you have a brother? Do you have a sister, a cousin, or friend? Nobody's going to recommend someone that, that they wouldn't want to work with. And when it comes down, I mean, I've had franchise partners and I've mentioned to them, you know what? If Michael brings in a staff member and they last 30 days, I mean, there's, 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 um, you can put out a cash reward, a bounty. You can build it through gift cards, time off. Uh, once again, they become part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. So utilize your, your staff in, in ways like that. And, and the same thing works with, with marketing as well. I mean, I've had some franchise partners that will, that will allow some of their key staff members to do some Facebook posts for them. Obviously they, they want to check over, make mm-hmm. sure that anything that's being posted is, is relevant and it's, it's not going to harm the business or the name. But I mean, they'll base it. If we get so many likes, you help me. I'll help you mm-hmm. because I mean, it's like, it's like a, uh, that sundial. I mean, you put all the sand in there, you get in what you put out, right? Yeah. No, I like that. I think that was well said. And you know, you answered all my questions perfectly <laughs> unprompted, of course, unprompted. Um, but thank you very much, Rick. I think, you know, 19 years of insight into this industry and being a part of the Joey's uh, franchise group. You know, hopefully some people see some some value to our conversation here. And Well, I'm looking forward to the next 19. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, great. Awesome. Thank All you. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us on the Restaurant Rundown. We hope you've enjoyed our deep dive into the world of restaurants and gained valuable insights into what it takes to run a successful establishment. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll be bringing you even more fascinating interviews, expert tips, and behind-the-scenes looks at the restaurant industry. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Wishing you all the best in your culinary endeavors. Thank you for joining us on the Restaurant Rundown. We hope you've enjoyed our deep dive into the world of restaurants and gained valuable insights into what it takes to run a successful establishment. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll be bringing you even more fascinating interviews, expert tips, and behind-the-scenes looks at the restaurant industry. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Wishing you all the best in your culinary endeavors.